You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast with Harry Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramavich Hamish Israel 5782, 2022. This week is the last day of Pesach. For those in Eretz Yisrael, it's Parsha Ramos. For those outside of Eretz Yisrael, it's the eighth day of Pesach. And so I'd like to share with you something which you'll be able to listen to now, you'll be able to listen to next week on Parsha Ramos, but connected also to the Tukufa we're about to begin, which is we call it the Sphere of Omer. We've already started counting the Omer. And we have this time when we can all relate so much more now to the loss of the 24,000 students of Rabbi Akiva. And there are certain things that we do, even though it's a time of great simcha, it's a lead up from Pesach until Shavuos, where between, it's like a cholomoid between Pesach and Shavuos, it's a lead up, it's a happy time, but at the same time, we remember those students who died in a great plague. The coronavirus has taken so many people and we can relate to it so much more after what happened last year, Lagba Omer, we can also relate to it. We understand how for almost 2,000 years we're still sensitive to the loss of the great Sadiqim, the 24,000 students of Rabbi Akiva who passed away during this time. So I'd like to speak about something which is connected to our Parsha, if you're in Eretz Yisrael, Acharemos, connected to the Svira, which we'll start to feel on Motsi Shabbos. And it has to do, Achremos, you know, the the sons of Aaron died, and they died in a terrible way. They went inside with a Zara, a foreign fire, and they lost their lives in service of Hashem. They did it in a positive way. They were tzaddikim, as Chazal say, on a higher level in a certain sense, the Moshe and Aaron. And it was also a very joyous time, very joyous time. The, the Mishkan was built. It was the first time we were serving Hashem in the Mishkan. And if we think about it, we need to understand, and I've spoken about it in past years, but I want to bring it to the fore again here. Pesach, right? We're still in Pesach, and we have a time of din, Chazal tell us. There are points in the year, Pesach, Shavuos, Rosh Hashanah, Sukkot. There are times in the year which we know are Chagim. These are times of joy. But at the same time, it's a time of din. It's a time of judgment. Rosh Hashanah is obvious, but the Gemara Rosh Hashanah says there is judgment on each of the holidays. On Pesach, there's a judgment about the Tua. On Atzeres, it's about the fruits. I might have them mixed up. On, on, uh, on Sukkot, it's for the rain. On Rosh Hashanah, of course, it's our entire lives. But why is it that there's a coincidence, a co- I don't mean a coincidence as in like something bimikra that just happens, there's a coincidence, they coincide the time of din, a time of judgment, and a time of joy. What is that about? And you see that in the story of, of Aaron's sons. It was a time of tremendous joy. And at the same moment, there was a loss of these two incredible tzaddikim, these righteous individuals. We're going to come back to Lagba Omer. I don't know about you, but every time I think about it, I feel sad. So, like, how do we reconcile these feelings? These, this is a time of of joy, of leading up from Pesach to Shavuos. And it's a time of, of, paradoxically, of the loss of the students of Rabbi Akiva. What is this about? What is this idea about? And I think that this concept is brought to the fore in the Medrash, the, first, the very first Medrash in Parsha Zacharimos. And when we read the Medrash together, it's a little bit difficult to understand. It's, it's saying something which on the surface seems is a pella. It's unbelievable. Brings a Pesach. Brings a Pesach. Let's see it inside. So, as is the way of the Medrash, the Medrash goes through a few different concepts using the same exact verse, which we're going to use in the end to explain 
something in relationship to our parsha, this, the death of the sons of Aaron, at this amazing moment in time, at the time of the Hakamas HaMishkan, the time of when the Mishkan was built. Rabbi Shimon Posach, Rabbi Shimon, which Pasha is Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. Posach HaKol Kasher LaKol Mikra Echad LeTzadik V'Larosha. Brings a Pasach. The Pasach says something which is Matmiya. It, it, it leaves us with an incredible question. Just like all these questions we've asked until now, why is it that we have this darkness and moments of great joy? What is it about? The Pasuk in Kohelos and Ecclesiastes, Shlomo HaMelech, King Solomon, tells us something very wise and very true. And when we see it on the surface, it begs for an explanation. And that is, and we're going to bring many examples of it, that we see that the same thing happens to a tzaddik and to a rasha. Two different people, one clearly righteous, one clearly wicked, and yet the same fate the same fate seems to occur to each of them, begging the question, which the Medrash doesn't address openly, but we're going to talk about, begging the question, why, how could it be that something could happen so good to somebody who's wicked? And that same good, we understand why it happens to someone righteous, or something so negative happens, we see it happens to somebody, somebody bad. But why should that same negative situation occur to somebody good? It doesn't make sense. It's hard to understand, I should say. Because, of course, everything that Hashem does, Hashem has a perfect cheshman. Hashem has a perfect calculation. Every single thing that goes on in our lives, every single thing that goes on in every individual's life, is perfectly calculated, perfectly deserved. Who knows what the calculation is? It might be for some reason or another. We'll discuss what the possibilities are, and how we can relate to it, how we can understand it. Latzadik, the Pasik says, the same thing happens to a tzaddik and a rasha. The first example that the Medrash brings is we have a tzaddik, Zen Noach, right? We know Noach was a great righteous person. Shanem boy, ish tzaddik. It says about Noach, he was an ish tzaddik, he was a righteous individual. We find an interesting thing, even though he was a tzaddik, something bad happened to him. Imagine, after an entire year on the table, taking care of all of the animals, he was involved in chesed 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, non-stop, no time for himself. Okay, He was the ultimate zookeeper. Tremendous chesed, tremendous kindness he did for all the animals. As he was about to come out of the ark, he was, he was hurt by the lion. Ushvari broke his leg. Because he had a broken limb, so he couldn't bring a korban, he couldn't bring a sacrifice. A kohen, a priest, in order to bring a sacrifice, he can't have a broken limb. So instead, his son Shem was the one who brought the sacrifice instead of him. Okay, so we see that although Noach was righteous, he was a great individual, worthy of being saved from all of mankind, nevertheless, he received, for some reason, this makkah, he got a, he got a broken leg. And the Medrash is going to say, he had a broken leg till the end of his life. Villa Russia. Yet we see a similar thing happened to somebody wicked, which makes sense to us. Zeparo Nechoi. We find there was a, a pharaoh, one of the kings of Egypt. His name was Paro Nechoi. So the word Nechoi can also mean somebody who is, uh, has a debilitating issue. He had a problem with his leg, as we're going to see. 
King Solomon had a very special throne. And now this throne, in order to go up onto the throne, to ascend the throne, there was a, there was a trick. There were lions that moved and there were different animals and you had to know how to bypass them and to know that it's before when you, as you rose up, as you're walking up to the throne, you have to lean on the line a certain way. Otherwise, you could get hurt by the line. It was some kind of mechanical uh, situation. He, he procured the special throne of King Solomon. He wanted to sit on the throne of King Solomon. As he was walking up, he didn't know how, he didn't know how it worked. So one of the mechanical lions hurt him and broke his leg. Noah, who was a tzaddik, who was righteous, he died when he came to his day of death. He still had this broken leg. This pharaoh, he also had a broken leg. Says the Medrash. This is what it means in the verse when it says that the same thing happens to the righteous as to the wicked. Okay, so this is the first example of something occurring to two people. One is good, one is bad, and yet the same negative situation befalls them. We speak about it can happen the same situation to someone who is good, someone who is pure, someone who is impure. We find that Moses is referred to as somebody who is good. When he was born, the verse says that she saw that she that he was good. He saw that she saw the mother saw that she, that he was good. Moshe Rabbeinu Moses was good. So it's a reference. Toiv is a reference to Moses. Rabbi Meir Interestingly, Rabbi Meir says, "What's the idea? Why was he called good? What was unique about this child? He was born. He was already circumcised when he was born. He didn't have any foreskin." Latahor, who is the one who is pure that we're referring to here? Ze'aron. Aaron was somebody who was involved in purifying the Jewish people. In peace and in straightness, he went with me and he brought people back from sin. So he was involved in purifying the Jewish people from their sins. He was involved, we all know, Aaron Akain was somebody who ran after peace. So, this Pasuk is referring that something happened to somebody who is good, which is Moshe, and someone who is pure, and something happened to someone who is impure. Who are the impure ones? It's a reference to the spies. The spies spoke negatively about the land of Israel. And what was the result? Aaron and Moshe Rabbeinu said how great the land of Israel is, how beautiful it is, a land of milk and honey. The Miraglim, the spies, they spoke negatively of the land of Israel. They spoke negatively of God. Sorry, it just says, Both the spies and Moshe and Aaron were not able to enter the land of Israel. Even though these, Moshe and Aaron, were, were incredible people. They were good, they were pure. And these, the Miraglim, the, the spies, were, were terrible people. They, they had done terrible things. It caused the entire Jewish people to not be able to enter the land of Israel. Nevertheless, they were all punished in a similar way. So this is what we see in the verse. Again, a second example, where a righteous person, a wicked person, can seem to receive the same negative 
situation. And what is the idea behind this? How can it be that two people receive the same situation, the same negative situation? Goes on to another example, Yeshia versus Achav. Yeshia was a great tzaddik, a king of tzaddik. He was killed with arrows. Achav was killed with arrows. He was a, a great wicked king. Here's another example of David HaMelech. That he had a positive thing, King David. He was a king for 40 years over the Jewish people. He was, he was the one who was able to build the foundation of the Beis HaMikdosh, Nebuchadnezzar. He was king for 40 years. And he destroyed the Beis HaMikdosh. He destroyed the Temple. Other examples, different people who you know, had, a, had a similar end. Shimshon Agibor. Shimshon was a great tzaddik. Samson, a righteous, he was, he was a shayfid, a judge of the Jewish people. He was a tremendous righteous person. And Sitkio was a, a Melech Rasha, he was an evil king. And they both were killed with their eyes being gored out. Mikra Echad, they, Mikra Echad the same thing happens to, to, it seems to be the same exact thing happening to the wicked and the righteous. And then finally the Medrash comes back to Eilab and Aaron, the sons of Aaron. Also refers to them with the same verse that we quoted in regards to Aaron Akayan, refers as well to his sons. We find that Korach, so there was a whole group of 250 people who came with their, with their fire pans and they were all killed, they all died. Even though they were involved, as the Medrash is about to say, in a Machlekes, they were fighting against, they were fighting against Moshe Rabbeinu. The, the companions of Korach. So they came in and they were fighting against Moshe Rabbeinu. And they were, they were burned alive. They, didn't, they weren't fighting against anyone. They were coming in the Shem Shemaim. They felt that they were doing the right thing. And they were burned alive. And they both met the same fate. Nadav and Aviyu were great tzaddikim. In a certain sense, they were higher. They were on a higher level than Moshe and Aaron. And yet they had the same fate. They seemed to fall to the same fate as, as the Kairach v'adasoi, those who came along with Korach and brought their fire pants. And so the Medrash leaves us off with all these comparisons and without really an explanation. And in thinking about this, you know, we need to understand how does it relate to us, of course, and what is the idea? Because it's a very tremendously difficult understanding, a tremendously difficult thing to understand. So it begs for an explanation. And back to the original questions of why does Pesach come with Din? Why does Shuas come with Din? Why, why do these happy times come with a time of challenge, of difficulty? Just look at what's going on in Eretz Yisrael right now with, with tremendous challenges from our Arab neighbors. Why does that come along with the tremendous Simcha of Chag? I'm going to tell you a little story that happened yesterday. A little story. My wife, she has a chavrusa, and they learn together the concept of amuna every single day. So last night, my wife's chavrusa, she made a, a bar mitzvah for her, her son, and she wanted her son to have a beautiful bar mitzvah. She went out of her way to get special Pesach cakes and ice cream so he shouldn't feel like he's missing anything just because it was on Cholomoid. And it was put in the freezer. They came to the hall and her husband came into the hall and the freezer plug was not in. It had been unplugged. And all of the ice cream and all of it was ruined. But my wife's chavrusa said to my wife, 
You should be, you can be so proud of me because we've been working on Amuna. Everything is from Hashem. I just knew everything is from Hashem. I accepted it completely. I knew that everything is from Hashem. It didn't, I, she didn't let it bother her. Amazing. That very night, last night, my wife opens up the freezer to check on the, she goes to the freezer to check on all of the food that she prepared for Yontif. And our freezer was left open for a day or two. I don't know. We don't know exactly how long. And some of the food that was on the bottom was still cold and like defrosting and still able to be used. But some of the stuff that she had already cooked had been ruined. Hashem sent the same Nisayon at the very same moment. You know, many times it happens. It's a, it's a Yontif. It's a Bar Mitzvah. Why is it that HaKadosh Baruch Hu sends this kind of Nisayon to us? A difficulty in the moment of such great joy. Pesach is such a time of happiness, such a time of joy. Yontif. Why does Hashem send this? And as I understand it, as I understand it, so it's not a coincidence. These kinds of things happen because Hashem wants to give us good. And we don't necessarily always deserve the good. Hashem wants us to give, He wants us to have a tremendous simcha on Yantif. There's a tremendous time of joy. A tremendous time of joy. And there's a Hizgala Sashchina. There's a revelation of Hashem's divine presence in our lives. And this goes together, I'll, I'll mention just along the way, with Parnassah. You know, Hashem wants to give us Parnassah. He wants to give us livelihood. And livelihood, it's, it's not so easy. It's not so easy to, to feed our families. Especially today, rising prices of living, so, many, so much going on. But Hashem, when He wants to reveal Himself, Hashem is openly revealing Himself in the area of Parnassah, in the area of Shidduchim, and specifically in the area of Chagim, times of joy. And when Hashem reveals Himself, we don't always deserve it. So, sometimes, negative things occur in our life because we've done something wrong and Hashem wants to remove it from us. Hashem wants to clean us off of those things that we've done wrong. And I think if we look at all of the examples of, of, the, of the contrast between someone who's wicked and someone who's good, each of them receiving something negative. So in explaining Noach, indeed, the Mephorshim struggle with the issue a little bit. Don't really come out, you know, with Pem Malay explaining it. But in regards to Noach, he wasn't, he was a Tamim B'dayraisov. He was in relationship to everyone else. He was on a very high level. But there was something missing within him, as they, as they explain. And because of that, it was represented by the fact that he was struck on his leg. He got a broken leg. He limped for the rest of his life. And that represents the fact that there were certain, certain imperfections. And the point wasn't to, po- to point out the imperfections. When someone is wicked and they break their leg, that shows that that person is wicked. And uh, we understand that. But someone who's a righteous person who breaks his leg like a Noah, it's because Hashem wants them to come into the next world completely clean. You know, we can get into the next world, Chas Shalom, if we haven't done tshuva, if we haven't been cleaned off in this world. And we'll have to get cleaned off that's what Gehenna is about. That's, that's what the fires of Gehenna are about. But we'd rather receive it in this world. That's what our sages tell us. And so a Noach receives it in this world. A Nadav and a view, they receive it in this world. They want to get to the next world. They're righteous, but they've done something wrong on a very fine level, on, a very, on their high level, they've done something wrong and it needs to be cleaned off. When we, Hashem wants to bestow upon us something amazing, something awesome, there's a Bar Mitzvah, there's an amazing, incredible Chag 
such a simcha to be with our families, to, to be around the table, to enjoy so much bounty, to be able to enjoy the, the singing and the, and the hallel, the praising of Hashem, remembering the kindnesses that He's done for us as a nation in the past and the kindnesses that He's doing for us now in our present for Klai Yisrael returning to Eretz Yisrael, 7 million Jews in Eretz Yisrael, for the Jewish people who are coming back, for the Jewish people wherever they are, the incredible brachas that we have, the blessings that we have. But sometimes we don't really, you know, we're not so perfect, and we don't necessarily deserve completely, but Hashem wants us to have that, that incredible joy and that incredible wealth, and that incredible osher osher. So what Hashem does is Hashem places in that very moment of the Hakamas HaMishkan, the Mishkan is being built. Awesome joy. But sometimes it's accompanied with judgment. Because as He reveals that joy, as He reveals Himself, which is the ultimate joy, so there's a question, do we deserve it or not? And sometimes in order to deserve it, we need a little bit help, you know, a little bit of help. We need a little bit of something that happens that's not so pleasant. And it's so important to understand, this is such a clear Ashkafa the outlook of the Torah is that every single thing that occurs in our lives is for our good. That's what Amuna is about. That's what Bitachan is about. Having the faith and knowing that every single thing that occurs is for our good. But it's, but it's often, if we open our eyes, it's often so clear. It's so clear that this thing happened at the very same time. as some, Something negative happens at the very same time as something positive. And I think that the Medrash is bringing out that, and this is perhaps the Pshat in the Pasuk in Kohelis, in Ecclesiastes, he says, It seems to be the same thing happens to the Tzadik and the Rasha. But we need to know that what does that really mean? It really means that there's a cleaning off, there's a different kind. It's really, it looks like the same thing, but it's really not the same thing. For the, for the Tzadik, when something negative happens, it's so that he can experience something really good. And for the Rasha, when that same negative thing happens, it's just because he's, because he's wicked. It's not, it's not a cleaning off. It's not because, it's just, that's who he is. So even though it's the same thing on the surface, King David reigned for 40 years. Nebuchadnezzar also reigned for 40 years. This one built the foundations of the Beis Hamikdash. Nebuchadnezzar, the ultimate Russia, the ultimate wicked individual, he reigned for 40 years, but you know what? All the good that happened to him, it was just cleaning off all the little good that he had done so that when he comes to the Olam HaAnas, it's waiting for him, the, the, the judgment for his negative deeds. That's how our Chazal say it. So it's so important to know, such an important idea to keep in mind in our lives Sometimes it seems like positive things are happening. Sometimes it seems like negative things are happening. Sometimes it seems like it's undeserved. Sometimes it seems like, why is that person getting so much good? I know that person is not okay. But we need to know that when something good is happening to someone who's not so good, something bad is happening to someone who is good, we need to know that there's a cheshman. We need to know that everything is precise. Everything is being done by HaKadosh Baruch Hu ultimately, ultimately, for the good of the righteous. We need to recognize that, we need to know that, and we need to understand that even going in to this time, this kufa, and my kids were complaining, oh, we can't listen to music, this is the last day we can listen to music, it's such a hard time, we can't listen to proper music. I said, what about acapella? No, acapella is not so good. I said, hey, I'm getting insulted here, acapella. You know, but it's a time where we, 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 you know, step back. 
step back from our involvement in listening and enjoying because we recognize I think part of it is that we have to recognize that it's a time of tremendous joy. It's a build-up from Pesach to Shavuos. We're building up. We're starting to build up to receive the Torah, but with receiving the Torah comes also a time of challenge, a time of we have to look at ourselves and see, hey, are we good enough? Are we doing what we need to do? Are we meeting the stanzas? Are we meeting? Are we rising up to the occasion of being all that we really can be? Do we really deserve it? Can we indeed step up and receive the Torah properly? Can we indeed receive the joy that comes along with the observance of the Torah? Can we receive it properly? Can we receive the Shekhinah, the joy that comes with being in and basking in the Divine Presence of Hashem in our lives? In order to be able to receive that, we need to be worthy of that. So it's such an important thing to recognize and think about as we continue on through the Omer, as we go from Pesach to Shavuos, as we go through the Parshias, and we think about what happened in the past, what happens in our lives, and how we can relate to it. So I want to bless you, I ask you to bless me. Shem should help us to recognize this idea, help us to recognize that all that happens in our lives ultimately is for our good. Recognize that it is really all good. Shem should have, help us to have a beautiful enjoy the end of Pesach and recognize and learn and steig and grow and work on being greater during these Yimei HaSfira, the time between Pesach and Shavuos. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Yantif and a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.